Hello and welcome to An Unconventional Teacher. I'm your host, John Hinthorn. Our podcast explores the unconventional methods that make our classrooms and educators great. We hope to uncover why it is that the unconventional ways of yesterday are now becoming the conventional ways of today. We have a bunch of exciting ways for you to support our growing community of unapologetically unconventional educators. They can all be found in our show notes and on social media. Thank you for being here. And a very special thanks to all those who donate to our show and work to make this Pay It Forward project possible. If you're a listener and you're coming back for more episodes, thank you for coming back. And if this is your first time listening, we are so glad you're here. Our exciting episode is with a very passionate Spanish teacher from Michigan. His name is Brian Riordan. Brian and I, I think, are cut from the same cloth we found out as we were talking to each other. And folks, he is unconventional. He's throwing away his textbook, using it for reference and not driving his curriculum. He's got no desks in his classroom. He's always looking for new strategies and ways to make his classroom a better place to learn. What could be better than that, folks? Thank you for being here. Now let's begin. Okay, welcome to another episode of An Unconventional Teacher. Folks, I have a really special guest for us today. Brian Riordan is from Michigan. He teaches for the Howell Public Schools at the high school there. He says it's a really large school. And he's a Spanish 3, 4, and 5 teacher. He's part of my kin. Uh, We were just chatting before this interview, and I I feel like I met a colleague, maybe a friend, for a long time. Brian, we're grateful that that you're here. I also, before Brian starts talking today, I want to just let everyone know that Brian was the first person in our podcast to reach out that I didn't know um, or not through somebody that I did know. So Brian, thanks for doing that. Thanks for reaching out. Um, Brian has a little podcast that he put together that he said kind of fizzled out um, as most things that us teachers do, right? They fizzle they fizzle out because we're, we're sometimes we're just in survival mode. Um, but Brian, thanks for being here. And uh, we hope that you stick around for this interview. It is absolutely wonderful and worth, worth listening. So uh, Brian, you want to introduce yourself and tell us what inspires you about teaching? Sure. So, um, like like John said, thanks for having me. I appreciate this. Um, I teach in uh, in Mid Michigan, um, somewhere ha- halfway between Detroit and Lansing, uh, okay. where I'm at there. Going kind of with off of that question of what inspires me to teach, you know, I in high school I really found a deep passion for the Spanish language and related cultures. I thought it was so cool that I was able to talk to somebody in a different language and they understood. Mm-hmm. It was very practical. I remember the first time I said something to somebody in Spanish and they understood me. I thought, oh my gosh, this stuff works. This is insane. I love it. <laughs> um, and I really had this passion for, for for language. And I always knew I wanted to do something with Spanish. Um, and so when I went into college, I was thinking I was going to be a lawyer. Huh. Education really wasn't on the forefront of my uh, thought. But after some time and discussion, especially with parents who were helping pay for college, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just <laughs> kind of talked it over and it really education kind of made sense for me in order as an outlet to pass this passion on that I have for the language and cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I started working with students, I realized that I really enjoyed working with young people. It's just it brought me a lot of happiness. It brought me a lot of joy. They taught me so much. Yeah. Uh, um, it just signed me up. Yeah, it, it just made sense. <laughs> and, you know, I, I really feel like this is where I'm meant to be, which is it's a good yeah. feeling to have when in a career. That's a great feeling. And and like I said, we were talking before this interview and, and I, I sense that, 
you know, this is a calling, this is the right thing, this is where you need to be. Well, uh, while the lawyers might be jealous of you that you're not over there making the, the big bucks, uh, we're grateful you're over here in, in, our, in our corner here, so. Uh, thanks, Brian. What uh, what do you do in your classroom? Give us a window into your classroom that makes it an unconventional classroom, makes you an unconventional teacher. Sure. Yeah, I used to think that, you know, being that rigorous, traditional teacher was maybe what I was, you know, built to do. Uh -huh. um, but about five to seven years ago, I ran into this idea of comprehensible input. Mm -hmm. And it really changed how I, I taught, but also how I viewed education. Mm -hmm. um, and I also at the around the same time just really just discovered this really simple three words and, and i think you saw it in the in the signature of my email which was teach with joy right um, when i once i realized that everything i need to do is coming from a place of joy it just makes everything so much better um you know even when i'm thinking about assessments will the students be able to see progress will that bring them joy that changes the conversation about how we do things in class and i really also strive for my classroom to be a place where kids can can be themselves. Um, I, I always tell them I don't like to play school. I don't mm -hmm. like the the trappings of the traditional school, the social mm -hmm. cliques, the, all the things that, that makes school hard for a teenager. I try to not let that be a part of what I do. Maybe and I'm you not tell always- them that? Yeah, I do that. I tell I yeah. tell them I don't like playing school. I mean, I tell them I'm not going to give you homework. I don't think homework is something that is is beneficial. You have six other classes. You have clubs. You have sports. You have jobs. You have family responsibilities. A I don't want to. Yeah, they are a person, and I want to treat them with that respect. I don't have desks in my classroom. I've gone Good. to a completely deskless classroom, remove that barrier, but I tell them why. I say this is so we can communicate more, so you're not doing worksheets all the time, so you're not writing things down. We have places to write. We have spaces to write when we have to, but this allows us to um, you know, have that more open communication with each other. Um, I frequently use brain breaks. Um, even we're in, currently now in a block type schedule because of the COVID. Um, but even when we we're in short 47 minute classes, I would sprinkle at least one to two brain breaks in whenever I could each, mm -hmm. each class period just to get the kids up and get them moving. Um, we're also, uh, I focus a lot on reading and literacy. Um, I have a, I've fortunately through grants and um, mm -hmm. been able to develop a, a, a free uh, voluntary reading library. Nice. Um, and so I have a ton of books and pretty much every day we have eight to 10 minutes where the kids just put everything down and they read. There's right. no accountability. They don't have to do a book report. They don't have to come up and tell me. They do work in some small groups to have some conversations in Spanish about what they're talking about. Nice. I don't even get into those circles generally. I'd let them just use the language freely without, because as soon as the teacher, you know too, John, as soon as sure. you stand in front of the kid, they they, they, they can't Total talk. shut down. Shut down, yeah. But when you just let them be free with people that they don't like, want to be around and talk mm -hmm. with it does it makes things a lot different um for them i mean i ultimately i i want my goal my goal is that uh, my classroom is a place to play to experience to use the language to to enjoy their time there because we only have a certain amount of time with these students and i want that time that they're in my classroom um, to be a joyful one, a happy one. And, and I always tell them um, on the first day of school, and I try to remind them throughout, I want them to have a place where they can come every single day, where they know that they have a teacher who cares about them, who loves them, who will do anything for them. 
and um, and, and kind of get out of those trappings of school. That's fantastic. Thank you. So um, you want to finish out our interview with a um, quick story about um, when taking risks uh, benefited you and your students in your classroom? Sure. Yeah, I think it was it's going on six or seven years ago. Um, I received an email, um, my school account that I thought was spam. How did this person get my email? And it was actually for a podcast um, and it was called uh, Tea with BVP. I don't know okay. if you know this one or not. John, I'll have to check uh, it out. Um, for sure. Um, and it's been it's been a while since it's been on the air, but BVP is Bill Van Patten. He's one of the uh, national, international leaders in second language acquisition research. And he was speaking about comprehensible input, which it was, I taught traditionally for 15 years, probably. Okay. You know, grammar, worksheets, we use music. We did, you know, I tried to make it as exciting as I could, but it was Throw still some stuff in there every once in a while, project or music or anything. Right. Exactly. As much as I could, but we're still kind of tied to this idea of grammar. And I decided to, to make the change um, in my classroom. I was feeling like my career was kind of getting a little stale, maybe. I mean, the new mm-hmm. ideas weren't rolling in and right. I, I'm not, not necessarily, I'm always looking to change things up. I always throw my, my lesson plan book away at the end of the year and try to, <laughs> you know, start fresh every year. But That's great. Um, this idea of, of, of moving towards a comprehensible input communicative classroom um, was really enticing to me because it was a new change, but it also made me feel like a first year teacher again. Right. So I was able to, I started kind of, you know, trying these different techniques out through teaching proficiency, through reading storytelling, TPRS, or just different ideas that I'd found online because a very rich online um, community of CI teachers. a lot out there. Yeah. Tons for sure. And I saw you tag like Senior Woolley and Sarah Brackley. Like these are all, when I saw those people tagged on the tweet that you sent out, I thought, oh my gosh, who am I? I'm just an average Joe from Michigan who's trying (laughs) to teach you. Those people are the heroes. They are the people that I I've looked up to for a long time now. They are. Um, but and shout I, out to uh, to those folks. You're, the offer is still on the table uh, to come on to our podcast. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Make me look bad for sure. <laughs> no, not at all. We're all doing the same thing. And they would say the same. They would say the same. And, you know, it, it kind of has morphed from there. Um, I ended up speaking with my um, my colleague, Marcy, uh, who also teaches Spanish. And I told her about what I'd learned and how I was implementing these things and having success with them. And and she, she goes, let me try that out. And the next thing you know, both of us are fully CI. We jumped nice. right into it. Um, I don't recommend that everybody jumps right into CI. Like if you're a traditional teacher, I heard later you should start slowly and kind of right. add things in. I did not. I jumped right into it. And that's kind of my personality anyway. It's like, let's just I did go the for same. it. I did the same. <laughs> All right. Guess, so, guess you know the stress that it was. <laughs> I know it. Yeah. I'm still dealing with the stress three, four years later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now we're actually our entire department has moved towards uh, CI based instruction. Oh, so that's great. It's and we have several teachers. So it's, it, it was kind of cool to to think about you know, just taking a chance, being brave, taking some, you know, making a courageous decision to say, I'm going to completely switch things up, throw out all my old notes, all those sweet, beautiful grammar PowerPoints that I had. (laughs) They were one, I look back at a few and I go, oh, those things were beautiful in the context (laughs) of teaching. But um, so, you know, and ever since then, um, I think our our participation in our program is up. Kids feel more Mm -hmm. successful. 
and it's it's been a very positive change to move to CI. And it's, I don't necessarily subscribe to one TPRS or you know mm-hmm. certain whatever alphabet soup you want to go with it. Mm-hmm. I'm just using all the best ideas I can find. That's great. Well, that's an awesome place to stop. We have a short podcast. Uh, Brian, it was awesome meeting you. Thank you for reaching out. And I hope for our listeners that you heard what I heard. I heard about the first thing that you said was actually making assessments fun. (laughs) That they come and take an assessment and they have fun. And then throughout our interview, throughout our short conversation, you were talking about investing joy into your conversations. And I, nobody could see it, but I could see your smiles and your excitement for your, for your work and go follow Brian on social media. He has a website. We'll link on the, on the uh, podcast notes and Brian, Hey, thanks for coming. Um, hopefully you stay warm and, and stay safe in the, in the uh, snow and all the things that Michigan has thrown at you. Plus all this COVID stuff. And uh, Brian, we appreciate you have a happy new year. Take care. Same to you, John. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to anunconventionalteacher at gmail.com and we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at an unconventional teacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.